0: Radio Havana, Cuba, NHK World Radio Japan, and France 24. We will begin with Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. 1,500 activists were arrested in the Netherlands at an Extinction Rebellion protest against government subsidies for fossil fuel companies. Brazilian President Lula da Silva has offered to mediate for peace talks in the war on Ukraine. Does he have the gravitas to accomplish this? And how do other countries in the Global South view the war? Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. More than 1,500 climate activists have been arrested at an anti-fossil fuel protest in the Netherlands. The event, organized by Extinction Rebellion, was described as an effort to stop the Dutch government handing out subsidies to fossil fuel companies. Police used water cannons in an attempt to disperse the protesters who were blocking a major highway connecting The Hague with the German border.
1: Part street protest, Park street party. Climate activists gathered on a major Dutch highway to call for an end to fossil fuel subsidies. Event organizers Extinction Rebellion said more than 6,000 people showed up. The news agencies reported it was more like half that number. So We're here to protest the 30 billion that the Dutch government pumps into the fossil fuel industry through subsidies every year. Prior to the event, authorities had refused demonstrators permission to block the highway. Police said the protesters were given repeated warnings to stop and go home before starting to make arrests and then turning on the water cannons. Many wore raincoats or swimsuits, carried umbrellas, or dispensed with clothes almost entirely as they continued to dance in the street.
2: That people are taking action.
3: Well, yeah. we are taking action, but the government uh,
4: should follow suit, and they don't.
1: This is the seventh time that Extinction Rebellion activists have gathered on the same stretch of road, which is close to the Dutch parliament and ministry buildings. It saw the highest number of people arrested at a protest yet, more than 1,500 in total. Police said the arrests were made to clear the roadway and 40 people would be prosecuted on charges of vandalism. Nonetheless, activists appeared undaunted.
3: Um, We're going to stay here until they drag us away. Uh,
0: The climate change is an unfolding crisis, we know the cause and it's still being subsidised by our government so it really needs to stop.
1: With fears over climate change ramping up, further protests seem as inevitable as climate change itself.
3: The West's response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine is focused on new weapons and training for Ukrainian forces, securing ammunition supplies and punitive sanctions. There seems to be consensus the current climate does not allow a negotiated end to the fighting. Brazil's president, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, begs to differ. He's pushing for peace talks and has proposed to act as a mediator himself. He brought that message to the G7 summit in Japan last weekend and hoped to convey it to Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky in person, but Zelensky didn't turn up to a scheduled meeting. Lula later said he was upset about the Ukrainian leader's apparent disinterest in Brazil's position.
5: It is only possible to discuss peace when Zelensky and Putin want to discuss peace. It is not possible to build a proposal during wartime. What we want is for the war to stop first, the attacks to stop, and we will use dialogue to find a negotiated way out for Ukraine and for Russia.
3: For more, we can now bring in Oliver Stunkel. He's a political analyst and professor at the School of International Relations in Sao Paulo. Mr Stunkel, welcome back to DW. Now, I want to ask you right away, is the West underestimating Lula's capacity to mediate?
5: Well, uh, Brazil certainly believes it does because I think there's an often overlooked belief in Brazil that the country has a unique contribution to make uh, to the global conversation. But in general, I would say that due to the at times somewhat controversial comments made by Brazil's president, particularly uh, arguing that uh, Ukraine is as much to blame for the war as Russia. It seems to me that neither Ukraine nor the West would accept Brazil at this stage as a legitimate uh, intermediary. However, I think uh, President Lula has clearly uh, shown that he would like to prioritize this issue. So I think in the coming uh, weeks and months we will certainly hear more from the Brazilian president about this issue.
3: I want to get back to something you mentioned earlier this double standard as it is perceived in Brazil. How much does this view echo that of other countries in the global south? You know, other countries that might be feeling patronized by the US and its allies?
5: I think that Brazil's position is uh, not particularly unique in the global south. In fact, I think it is pretty much aligned with much of uh, Latin America uh, or Africa, where there is a sense uh, that, um, you know, part of the uh, part of the negative consequences are actually due to the Western sanctions rather than the war itself. And where some people ask, you know, why? Did nobody impose sanctions against the United States when they invaded Iraq in 2003? And all these kinds of conversations, I think, are quite uh, prevalent. Mm. Uh, and uh, in that sense, I think uh, it does also show that Zelensky's message hasn't resonated in the global south as well as it does uh, in Europe and mm. the United States. Yeah. And part of the reason is that um, Ukraine's diplomacy is very limited when it comes to manpower, yeah. uh, Where while uh, you know, Russian diplomacy is quite present. There are very few embassies of Ukraine in the global south.
3: We'll have to leave it there. Oliver Stinkel of the School of International Relations in Sao Paulo, thank you so much for your time.
0: Those reports were from Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle, which may be heard at a combined audio-video website, dw.com, as well as on YouTube at their channels called DW News and DW Documentary. Next, Radio Havana, Cuba. The Brazilian Consensus was a meeting organized by Lula da Silva for leaders of South American countries to get together and discuss cooperation and integration in the region. Lula also made an effort to bring President Maduro of Venezuela into the International Cooperation Forum called BRICS Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. A court in Brazil confirmed a lawsuit against former President Bolsonaro for harassment of journalists. Investment in solar power is expected to surpass oil for the first time this year. Radio Havana, Cuba. Brazil's Ministry of
2: Foreign Affairs has disclosed the final declaration of the meeting of South American presidents held this Tuesday called the Brasilia Consensus. The nine point document confirms that the leaders of South American countries met at the invitation of Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva to exchange perspectives and views for cooperation and integration in the region. Among the points established was the reaffirmation of the common vision that South America constitutes a region of cooperation and of peace based on dialogue and respect for the diversity of peoples. Quote, Committed to democracy and human rights, sustainable development and social justice, the rule of law and institutional stability, the defense of sovereignty and non-interference in others' internal affairs. They underline that the world faces multiple challenges in the face of a scenario of climate crisis, risks of new pandemics, increased social inequalities, threats to institutional and democratic stability. The text confirmed that, quote, they agreed that regional integration must be part of the solutions to face the shared challenges of building a peaceful world, strengthening democracy, promoting economic and social development, combating poverty, hunger, and all forms of inequality and discrimination, promoting gender equality, orderly, safe, and regular migration management, and tackling climate change, including through innovative mechanisms for financing the same. The leaders pledged to work to increase trade and investment amongst the countries of the region, improve infrastructure and logistics, strengthen value chains, implement trade facilitation and financial integration measures, eliminate unilateral measures, and improve market access through the network of economic complementary agreements. They also recognized the importance of maintaining regular dialogue to promote the integration process and project South America's voice in the world. A further consideration was the decision to establish a contact group headed by the foreign ministers with the objective of evaluating the experiences of South American integration mechanisms and the preparation of a roadmap for South American integration that will be submitted for consideration by heads of states. During President Nicolás Maduro's visit to Brazil, President Lula da Silva confirmed that his administration desires good relations with Venezuela, a country that has been economically and politically harassed by the United States for over a decade. During the press conference held after a private meeting, Lula announced that he supports the admission of Venezuela to the International Cooperation Forum that includes the world's largest emerging economies, Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa, or BRICS, B-R-I-C-S. Referring to the U.S. harassment against the Bolivarian nation, the Workers' Party leader, Lula, defended the right of Venezuelans to freely choose their leaders in elections. Quote, It is incredible and inexplicable that one country, the United States, imposes 900 sanctions on another country like Venezuela. The Brazilian president also recalled that he criticized the European and American rulers who recognized the opposition politician Juan Guaido as, quote, President in charge of Venezuela. Lula said that such a recognition was the consequent of a geopolitical narrative deliberately built against the South American country and its legitimate government. Quote, President Maduro returns to Brazil after eight years. I have fought with the United States. For me, it was so absurd that people who defend democracy turn their backs on an elected person with his people. The prejudice against Venezuela is great. Lula told Maduro, quote, now it is in your hands that Venezuela make its own narrative being a sovereign country where only its people, through a free vote, decides who should govern. Our adversaries will have to apologise for the havoc they have perpetrated. In Brazil, the Sao Paulo Justice Court has once again confirmed the conviction against former Brazilian president Jair Bolsonaro, who must pay compensation for moral damages to journalists. The second instance, of course, Fourth Chamber of Private Law, confirmed again the sentence handed down by a civil judge in June of 2022 and reduced the compensation from 20 to 10,000 US dollars. Bolsonaro must deposit this amount in the accounts of the Regional Fund for the Defense of Diffuse Rights, which will use the money to protect press freedom. Previously, the Sao Paulo Union professional journalists augmented that Bolsonaro committed the crime of moral harassment for his constant attacks on the press. Investment in solar power is expected to overtake oil for the first time this year as clean energy spending outpaces that for fossil fuels. While that is a welcome development, the International Energy Agency, the IEA, warned that investment in fossil fuels is rising when it should be falling fast to achieve net-zero emissions by 2050. IEA Executive Director Fatih Birol confirmed in a statement accompanying the release of the agency's latest report on energy investment. Quote, Clean energy is moving fast, faster than many people realize. For every dollar invested in fossil fuels, about $1.7 are now going into clean energy. Five years ago, this ratio was one-to-one. This is clear in the investment trends where clean technology are pulling away from fossil fuels. According to the IEA, annual investment in clean energy is expected to rise by 24% from 2021 to more than $1.7 trillion in 2023. The gain for fossil fuels was 15% over the same period. A combination of factors, in particular high oil and gas prices, and a worry about supplies has been Seen spending on renewable surge ahead. Birol noted one shining example is investment in solar, which is set to overtake the amount of investment going into oil production for the first time. The IEA expects investment in solar power, essentially photovoltaic panels, to hit $380 billion this year, while investment in oil exploration and extraction should come in at $370 billion. According to David Jones, head of data insights at the energy think tank Ember, quote, this crowns solar as a true energy superpower. The low price of solar power generation will help propel decarbonization efforts as electric car adoption gathers pace. But the rebound in oil and gas investment, which is expected to return to 2019 levels this year, puts the industry further away from the IEA's 2050 net zero trajectory
0: those reports were from Radio Havana Cuba. Cuba's website is working well at radiohc.cu, though so there are no podcasts. On shortwave Cuba may be heard from noon to 1 p.m. at 15140 and from 6 p.m. to midnight at either 606060 60, or 6165. At their website, RadioHC.cu, you can stream the English version at noon, Monday through Friday, Pacific Daylight Saving Time. On to NHK, Japan. The Japanese government has extended the operational lifespan of nuclear reactors to increase the use of nuclear power. NHK, Japan.
6: Japan's Diet has enacted a law that extends the operational lifespan of nuclear reactors. It's the latest step in the country's push to ramp up the use of nuclear power and achieve its goal of a carbon-neutral society. The law revises parts of existing legislation governing the power industry and regulating nuclear plants. Nuclear reactors will now be allowed to remain in operation beyond the current 60-year limit. That's because the time they spend undergoing inspections and testing will be excluded from the cap. Reactors that have been in operation for 30 years will now have to be inspected at least once every 10 years. The reactor operators will then draw up management plans based on the inspections, which must be approved by the Nuclear Regulation Authority. Japan's government is turning to nuclear power in an effort to ensure a stable energy supply and achieve its goal of a carbon-neutral society by 2050. Nuclear power generation accounted for less than 7% of the country's electric power in fiscal
5: 2021. We need to develop as much renewable energy as possible while utilizing nuclear energy. The law will accelerate our efforts.
6: Anti-nuclear protesters rallied in front of the dive building. Some residents of areas near nuclear plants have also expressed concerns about the new law. Matsunaga Hideatsu had to evacuate his hometown, which hosts the Fukushima Daiichi plant, after the 2011 accident. He was unable to return for eight years.
1: I wonder if people have already forgotten about us residents who had to evacuate. That makes me really angry.
6: But others welcomed the law. This man runs a company in Fukui Prefecture that sells tools used for the maintenance of nuclear reactors. Fukui hosts 15 reactors.
5: It is important for Japan to develop new types of reactors and not just extend the operational lifespan of existing ones as part of a sound energy policy.
6: In February, the Nuclear Regulation Authority voted on the plan to extend the lifespan of reactors. Only one of the five commissioners opposed it, allowing the NRA to approve it in an unusual majority vote.
5: It is our responsibility to thoroughly examine, inspect and confirm the safety of aged
0: nuclear reactors.
6: The new law takes effect in 2 years.
0: Those reports were from NHK World Radio Japan. They are now heard from 9:30 to 10 p.m. at 9865 or on the web at www They also podcast at most podcast sites. All the times I announce are for Pacific Daylight Saving Time, so please adjust them to your time zone. If you have questions or comments about the shortwave report, or can assist me by supporting this listener-funded program, I may be reached to the website and PayPal, or by writing to Dan Roberts at P.O. Box 1162, Willits, California, 95490. Please help me continue producing this weekly show which I freely distribute to radio stations and the internet like a listener in Albion, California did this week. Many, many thanks. We will conclude with France 24, a series of press reviews. First, the Turkish and international press on the re-election of President Erdogan. Then reviews of the meeting in Paris concerning the Global Plastics Treaty. Finally, press reviews on the new forest fires in Nova Scotia and the deteriorating forest in France, France 24.
4: To our press review...
7: President Erdogan won by some 52% because, and this is the view of the Turkish paper, Turkey he won because Turkey prefers growth and stability, and because in this paper's view, Turks wanted to, quote, unravel the dirty plans of the West. Now, for the English-language Turkish paper, Daily Saba, uh, its editorialist writes that this election marks, quote, the smack of firm people, of their showing how determined they are, quote, not to descend into the internal into internal political d- uh, turmoil, but to ensure instead uh, that Erdogan continues.
4: And Solange, how is the foreign press covering the re-election of Erdogan?
7: Well, the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung explain, explains that uh, in Germany, which has a large expat Turkish community, that two out of three Turkish voters overseas, they voted for Erdogan. That's largely due, the paper says, to many of the immigrants being from uh, the heart of Anatolia, uh, where Erdogan has strong support. But also, it says, because young Turks have liked and bought into uh, Erdogan's nationalist stances, but beyond this article, there is much disappointment in the foreign papers. The Economist, it laments that uh, this was the best chance in a decade to repair Turkey's democracy. It calls it a loss For The Guardian, it says that the West is now caught between fear and hope, fear that Turkey could take NATO uh, further towards Russia and hope, now that Erdogan has been re-elected to his final term, that he might, quote, be open to persuasion and base his foreign policy on something other than self-preservation, end quote, or or, self-preservation catering, it says, to
4: the nationalist electorate. From election news to environmental news, Solange, today in Paris, the second round of negotiations for the Global Plastics Treaty begins. What's that all about? Yeah, It begins here in
7: Paris today, and all throughout the weekend, uh, the the press has been covering this. Uh, 175 nations are trying to create a binding uh, treaty to curb plastics. The treaty is hoped to be uh, signed next year. As we see on Libération's front page of its weekend edition, it's a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, edition because it's a holiday today. The war has begun, it says. Liberation headlines that, quote, this environmental and health nightmare is upon us. And it adds, though, that in this war, the, uh, the plastics industry and petrol industry is fighting tooth and nail against pushes to curb plastic use by lobbying instead for recycling programs, which leads Liberation to ask in its two-page spread if these talks, are they a sham? The Hill 2, the American site, it's also publishing an article on this. It says that it has a scathing review in its walk-up to coverage. It's, uh, in this opinion piece, it says the UN environmental uh, program has laid incredibly low ambitions to reduce plastic p- pollutions and instead. Instead, has opted for the industry backed uh, recycling solutions that they themselves, the Hill writes, are toxic and exacerbate environmental and health catastrophes. Now, The Guardian uh, explains to us that proof of those catastrophes is already upon us. It says that it's focusing on research that's found that recycled plastic is actually leaching hundreds of toxic chemicals into our food by simply being in contact with them. And if we're not eating it, well then it is falling on our heads and in the air we breathe. Science Alert tells us of the, what is called a uh, plastics forecast. It's a weather forecast uh, that uh, looks at the amount of plastic in the air, and it says, and and is doing so for Paris for the duration of the five days of talks. And the report shows that between 40 and 48 kilos of plastic will blanket the Paris region, uh, the greater Paris region, for every, every 24 hours. And that those 48 kilos of plastic, if there's a heavy rain, could be multiplied by 10. So that's some 480 kilos per day.
4: To our press review, And climate change is dominating lots of the headlines today, particularly in light of those terrible wildfires that have have been ravaging parts of Canada. Our press reviewer, Digti Laurent, is here with more. Well, Sharon, it's on the front page of the Canadian paper Globe and Mail today here in Nova Scotia, pleading for more help in battling those wildfires that have been ravaging. Uh, The region uh, and those wildfires also exacerbated by uh, dry weather conditions. Uh, More than 20,000 hectares of uh, the Maritime province have been destroyed. More than 18,000 people are are under strict evacuation orders in Halifax, the biggest uh, city in the region. As I said, little respite expected in the coming days. Now, the Toronto Star, another paper, uh, has a very interesting article about how these kind of wildfires can become so destructive that they can actually essentially create their own weather phenomena. Uh, the risk in in the cases of uh, these fires is that when they, when when they get to a certain size and intensity. Um, they, they can create what we call fire-generated thunderstorms th- thunderstorms called pyrocumulonimbus, uh, which can, uh, in turn, these uh, thunderstorms can either create rain and hail, which can help ease the, the ongoing fires, or they can create lightning, which can then uh, set off smaller fires uh, as a consequence. Uh, and one of the fires raging right now seems primed for these uh, conditions to create uh, these fire-generated thunderstorms, so it remains to be seen. Seen what the effects will be. Meanwhile, here in France, Liberation has French forest fires on its front page. It's speaking specifically about the perils of climate change. Yeah, that's right. Concretely, Liberation is looking at a recent uh, government report which showed that, uh, as Libé says, that French forests are losing their superpowers. So this French report, this government report, showed that French forests are absorbing twice as less carbon dioxide as a decade ago. You'll note, of course, that the key attributes of forests is their ability to absorb carbon dioxide and pump out oxygen into the atmosphere. Paradoxically, in France, there are more and more forests, but the trees itself are dying Trees themselves are are dying due to disease, but also droughts, ongoing droughts and heat waves, uh, which has resulted in less and less carbon dioxide being um, absorbed in some cases in two parts of France. The report even showed that that the forests are emitting carbon dioxide, which is a, a whole other catastrophic situation to deal with, Sharon.
0: Those reports were from France 24, which may be easily found at their website, france24.com, as well as a YouTube channel called France 24 English and most major podcast sites. One of my goals in producing this show is to encourage people to listen to international broadcasts, get a global perspective. You will have to look harder these days because of U.S. and EU prohibitions on media. Every Thursday evening, I post a new shortwave report at the website for this show. That's outfarpress.com. At my website, you can also listen to past shows. Please consider making a safe donation online through PayPal. There's a link at my website along with a podcast link. And get advice for listening at home. The shortwave report, which is now in its 27th year of production, remains free to rebroadcast upon notification. For 27 years, the shortwave report has been produced and distributed off the electrical grid in Northern California using solar power. While I am recuperating from spinal surgery, I am staying at a house that is connected to the grid. I'm your host and producer, Dan Roberts. Thanks for listening.